You are now listening to Portionality Podcast, a podcast dedicated to faith, culture, and that roller coaster we like to call adulting. I am your host, Portia D. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Portionality Podcast. I am your host, Portia D. I'm so glad that you all are back here with me on the podcast. And so for today, I want us to first and foremost, before we get into our conversation, I want us to just kind of reflect and I want to challenge you all to think about what you can do as we seek to make America a better place. You know, the trash of make America great is one thing, but I do need us to think seriously about our citizenship and what does it mean to be in this country? What does it mean to be a part of this country? And what does it mean for us to protect our children in this country? And so first and foremost, um, my heart goes out to those who are in Parkland, Florida, who were um, brutally slain and all of those people who are connected to those 17 who have passed on. And then also all the families who are connected to those who are injured in that shooting. And so my heart and my prayers and thoughts are with those who are in Parkland, Florida. But our hearts and our prayers are not enough, y'all. To be completely honest, we need to put our votes, our action where our mouth is, to be completely honest. And I think that we need to be calling our senators, calling our representatives, calling down to Washington. Shout out to all those students and to the children who are down in Washington right now. And they are protesting to all of those getting ready for the national walkout in March. And I think there's another one happening in April. There's going to be a national uh, walkout that's being supported by the Women's March, the women who have done the Women's March and the Women's Movement, they are coming together with some young people. Um, I think it's called the Women's March Youth. And they're coming together to do a national walkout that is happening. And so if there are local chapters of the Women's March in your area, I suggest that you go online and look up and find out where you can be a part of this movement in your area. And so sometimes we like to operate in silos. And I don't always think that's the best thing to do so if you can come together and partner with someone who's also doing the same work that you're trying to do I think sometimes people want to do work and just try to take credit next to their name to say I am the founder of such and such and I am the organizer of such and such you know at the end of the day we all need to come together on things that involve our children in particular and so I heard someone make the argument saying, well, these are mostly white kids. So, no, listen, they are children. At the end of the day, all teens, all children, all young people, we are responsible for all of their safety. The young man who took this assault rifle and shot up the school, he was a young man. He was 19 years old, and apparently he's been troubled. He's had some issues and some all of that things, like just personal stuff. And people are saying, well, he has mental health issues. And let me tell you something. If this were a black person who came and shot up the school, nobody would be saying this was a mental health issue. No, 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 no. Yes, he may have mental health issues. Yes, he may have trauma. Yes, he may have grief. But let's get down to the point. How did this young man get to that gun in the first place? That's problem number one. Who sold him this gun? Why is Florida with these open carry laws? It's so problematic, okay? So that's problem number one. How did he get access to these guns? And I get very irritated because I think sometimes America thinks more about its guns, more about its money than it does its children, than it does people. 
And I think that it is time for us to really consider the the laws. And I'm not saying that people need their guns taken away per se, because gun reform isn't necessarily get rid of all the guns. Gun reform is let's get the guns off the streets. Let's get guns out of the hands of people who do not need to have guns. Let's get the guns out of the hands of those who are using them illegally. I think that we need to clean up the guns and be more stricter when it comes to who has possession of the guns. Guns should be reserved for um, military personnel. It should not be used for civilian use. And it definitely should not be uh, be abused by the police force. Uh, hello. So I think we need to get guns out of the hands of everyday people and regular civilians. Um, but you know, I have my own feelings about war and the military and how America likes to glorify the military. And so that's a whole nother conversation. But if we're going to find compromise somewhere along this line, not even just compromise, because I know I think we're tired of compromising. If we can just find some ground that's sensible, I think that we need to rethink how we are having guns in this nation, in this country. Because around the world, people aren't having this problem of mass shootings. This is the 18th mass shooting in a school this year since 2018. Y'all, it is only February. Like, come on. So we need to do better. And as someone who lived in Connecticut, who's from Connecticut, not even just lived there, but who's from Connecticut and was living in Connecticut at the time of Sandy Hook, my entire perspective on gun laws has completely changed because it happened literally right in my own backyard in Newtown, Connecticut. I'm from Bridgeport, but Newtown is right up the street. And so I think differently and being in Connecticut, being a clergy person in the heat of all of that, my my ways of thinking shifted. And so I do take it very personally when we consider the conversation on gun laws. And so I just wanted to open up with that so um, we can just take a moment and consider what can we do differently. So partner with people who are working in your neighborhoods and your community who are fighting against gun laws. Um, there's also a huge uh, campaign called Do Not Stand Idly By that's with the Metro IAF. And so you can look that up as well. And just trying to figure out what can we do to do right about, right for our children, what we can do right for them and do right by them. All right. And so, in exciting news, y'all, Black Panther, Black Panther, Black Panther, Black Panther. I am so super excited about Black Panther. Um, Black Panther has come out at the right time. Many of us were waiting for this film for a very long time some people said that they were waiting for this film for like 25 years and that's like amazing to me and so I'm super excited about it because I think it's such a celebration of blackness when I see all of the beautiful black people who are showing up in droves and their beautiful African garbs in their face paint to their costumes people who are doing cosplay, people who are just showing up, having a good time. It's more than just a film. It's an event, and it's a movement right now. And I am here for all of the black joy. If anybody deserves some joy, it is black people, people of the African diaspora. So let me tell you, all of this joy that we are having, y'all couldn't give it to us, and y'all can't take it away, okay? That's, that's some real stuff. So we are enjoying our. And so if you are going to see Black Panther, if you have not seen it yet, 
you know, I apologize in advance. Um, and I will say spoiler alert just in case if I do drop a spoiler. I'm not trying to drop spoilers intentionally, but you know what? It's so good, and the film's been out for a few days now. And some people have legit seen it more than once. And so um, I will make sure I tag spoiler alert um, as a potential spoiler alert. I'm not sure if it is indeed, in fact, I'm going to drop serious spoilers. But in order for me to really go where I'm trying to go, yeah, I, I may have to drop a couple. So spoiler alert. Um, first and foremost... I got a shout out, uh, Michael B. Jordan, y'all. Why? Because um, back in January, early January, I actually put out a tweet <laughs> about my teenagers uh, and just the young people at my church in New Jersey. And so I was just like, you know, can we get a free screener? Maybe show it at the church, you know, open up to the community. Anybody who wants to come, you know, just just open it up. And apparently he saw this tweet. He screenshot it and then he sent it out and was like yo contact her and her people and so legit 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 michael b jordan had um his folks particularly his sister reached out and was like hey you know how many people do you have in your youth group bring them out and so i am so grateful my heart is full as a youth pastor that michael b jordan hosted a community screening for young people for teenagers for kids um for basically everybody over 10 years old um, who wanted to go. And I am very grateful that 24 teenagers from my church were able to go along with some chaperones. I uh, were, was not able to go. And Michael was there. Uh, I was I was told good news. I heard it was also very chaotic. But I'm very excited to know that my, um, my teens had a really good time. And I wish I could have been there. I wish I could have been there, y'all. Y'all know I wish I could have been there. But um, as life would have it, I was at the Samuel Dewitt Proctor Conference in Memphis, Tennessee, having a great time um, fellowshipping, having a great time learning and sharing, meeting new people, just sharing and just talking. And it was a great time. I had an opportunity to introduce one of my closest friends, um, Reverend Raquel Gill, who preached an amazing sermon about the widow's oil and so I am giving her a shameless plug and a big shout out because that is my girl and she preached I mean she preached the roof off y'all and so um if you have an opportunity go watch that sermon it's on Sammy DeWitt Proctor's uh Facebook page and she blew the roof off so me being there to support my friend meant everything to me and to be able to introduce her was such a great honor um, and I'm so glad that my teens were having a great time. I'm glad that we could be having a great time in black joy, even in separate parts of the country. We were having ourselves a great time. And so, um, I had a great time in Memphis, actually, um, in Memphis, pause, slight pause. I went to, uh, the national civil rights museum and it was pretty cool. It was dope. I don't know how I felt about Ford being the major corporation that's sponsoring it, but um, overall, I think it was well curated as a museum as you just kind of walk through it. Um, and then the last stop on on the uh, trail, the trail, <laughs> the last stop on the tour, there we go, on the tour. And so it is the balcony that MLK um, was shot on. And then you actually go across the street and then you see the window that um, his alleged assassinator, if that's the word, assassinator, um, James Earl Ray, that he that's the one who has been named as his assassinator. 
And um, there's so much in that, whether or not he really did it. But that's the narrative that America is crafting, y'all. And so James Earl Ray is the one who killed, uh, assassinated MLK. That's the narrative that we're that we're speaking. And so you see the window that he murdered him from and assassinated him. And you can see cr- straight across at that balcony. And so anyway... From the Civil Rights Museum and then seeing Beale Street. And Memphis is actually pretty, uh, not much going on over there. I was actually uh, surprised at just how many people weren't around. And so um, I wonder about that. But anyway, that was my time in Memphis. And so we were all gearing up and talking about, in Memphis, we were just kept talking about uh, Black Panther. And my entire time in Memphis, I was killing y'all i was just out here bumping the black panther soundtrack i think that's definitely going to be one of my top uh, top listen to tracks on spotify because i've been in love with that soundtrack i've loved it since all the stars came out i mentioned that on my very first podcast i mentioned that song with SZA and kendrick lamar which i love and I absolutely, 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 absolutely love the whole soundtrack. And so if you don't have, if you have not heard the soundtrack, I suggest that you get yourself a copy, get it on Spotify, iTunes, you know, wherever uh, music is played. Listen to the soundtrack. It's so good. But um, outside of that, uh, the soundtrack, I also say watch the film. Like, just watch the film. And so in the film, you have... All these amazing characters. You have all of this amazing cinematic uh, motion picture quality film just happening. And all these animatronics and all of this, you know, just glory of this building this space called Wakanda. It's just amazing. Um, And Wakanda is a fictional place, but it just felt very real to so many of us. Because it's just almost like what would life be like if we weren't colonized? You know, Wakanda is this uncolonized space in Africa, and it's this country that's never had white people come in and just steal and take, and they never went through the Middle Passage. And so, uh, particularly as Wakanda sits in East Africa, so a lot of that, thinking about a nation that's never been colonized, I thought a lot about Ethiopia, and Ethiopia has a lot of its original traditions embedded in the culture. And so, Wakanda, for me, as a setting, the backdrop to Black Panther, I have stated some of this before in the discussion group that we have on Facebook. And so if you want to join that discussion group, shameless plug, uh, go to Facebook and type in Marvel Black Panther Discussion Group. And it's led by um, myself and so many great contributors are a part of that. Um, I do know that we're like over 130 people now and I just started it like the other day. So um, I, I'm glad, grateful that it's growing. So take a look. Now people are posting some really good things and having some great conversations. Spoiler alerts and all of it. Because people, it's a place for the spoilers. And so spoiler alert. Um, But I do want to say that Wakanda as a backdrop, to me, speaks to a space that is super dope. It is super lit. And I say, my God, my God, Wakanda is not woke. In the sense that Wakanda is so 
detached from much of what is happening around the world. There are so many black people that look just like the Wakandan people and the people of Wakanda have zero idea of what's happening in the world. And a part of that is because they've had a substance stolen from them. And so it makes sense as to why Wakanda is so uh, private, why they are so off the radar and um, why they have disguised themselves as being this uh, poor, impoverished country, even though they are not. They're super advanced, super, super, super technologically advanced um, on so many levels in ways that we can't even imagine. And so they are literally living at their highest potential as a people. And the women in Wakanda are fierce and they are amazing and they are they are living their lives and they are fashionable and they are strong and they are an excellent representation of uh, of what it means to be black women uh, the Dora Milaje and, and specifically the protectors of the king they protect the throne they're almost like an army of women um, who are like uh these warrior women who protect the throne. And it's so amazing just to see them so powerful. Um, they kick some series, but all throughout the film. And so, but Wakanda specifically as a setting, I find it to be a little troubling that though Wakanda is so rich and wealthy in resources, they have this detachment and they're disconnected from the world around them. And so when Nakia goes out into the world and then she's on these spy missions and she's out here trying to protect the world and trying to bring these resources back to Wakanda here and there. Nakia knows that she can't stay in Wakanda because Wakanda isn't advanced enough as what she needs it to be. And so I love Nakia for that because she's a part of the system. She's a part of the structure, but she knows that there needs to be change. And I wonder what that would look like, uh, you know, modern day, how many women are looking and critiquing societies and cultures and institutions like the church and are saying, you know what, I can't stay in these particular spaces or even leaving out of their home or leaving out of the places that they grew up in in their whole life to say, I need to go see what else is out there and I need to be in better service and service to the world, not just being a brilliant black woman here in my home, but to see what I'm I'm really made of and to see what other services I can provide, what other social justice things can I stand up for because I can't do that work here. Nakia knows that she cannot do the work at home. So she flees and she does uh, goes around the world and she so she does the work in other spaces. And so that's why I love Nakia. Um, Okoye is a uh, woman who is the lead, the leader, the general of the Dora Milaje. And she, Okoye, I respect her. Because she protects the throne at all costs. But I also kind of struggle with Okoye because she, as fierce and as amazing as she is, I wonder how many of us protect institutions and do not uh, go against these institutions or these structures or... Uh, just some of these ideas and ideologies, how do we don't go against them or fight against them, even if it's wrong? So when Nakia's like, we need to overthrow the king, Okoye's like, absolutely not. Like, we're not going to do that today. What we're not going to do is overthrow the king. He might be wrong, he might be cool, but we're not going to do this. They're trying to overthrow um, Eric Killmonger, and who I'll get to in a second. But I, I just wonder, 
at what cost are we protecting? Is our silence protecting? And so Okoye, I respect her for being loyal. And we need extremely loyal people to cover people, even if, you know, they're they're flawed, right? We need people to cover and we need people to be loyal. However, we also need to be we need to be more aware of people who are covering and covering injustices or covering unrighteous activity. And so for Okoye to still stand by Killmonger, even though he's kind of... I, I wrestle with this too, because Killmonger, in his idea, in his method, in his own idea, I think Killmonger's intention is pure. I don't think he manifests it in the right way, but I do think underneath all of that, he has a pure intention, which is why I want to get back to him. But I just wonder, like, Okoye, I think she has the position to kind of stand up and to speak out, but she is just being loyal. And so I think about all the people who are just being loyal to certain positions, loyal to certain things, even though they know that there are some things that are wrong. So Killmonger, you know, so I'm just itching to get to him. He is quote unquote the villain. I do not consider him to be a villain, even though he is said to be the villain. And this is why. So Killmonger, his name is Eric Stevens. He is a young man who is well accomplished. He is an MIT graduate. He has grew up in Oakland and he represents so many black men who has had their fathers taken away from them, who have struggled and have lived in this world dreaming of a place that's better than they imagined and knowing that they are actually entitled to some of these things that life has to offer and they deserve better. And so I don't fault Killmonger because he knows he's entitled to certain things that have been stripped away from him and he's on a mission to get it back. Now his strategy and his way of going about it may not be the best, but he's on a mission to get what is rightfully his. And so I do not blame him in that regard. I don't agree with his method, but I don't disagree with his with his uh with his motive or his intention or why he wants to do this. Um also uh Killmonger who I'm going to just name as Eric cuz I think just Eric is his name <laughs> and names have power. And so Eric is just trying to get what is his and will do it by any means necessary. Um, he's also a, a kill agent for the military. And so um, he's, he's done black ops. And so that's something that's also important to notice as well as all the scars on his body is for every person he's had to kill which is why he gives himself the name Killmonger. And then there's T'Challa. T'Challa is the Black Panther. He's the main character. Um, we all love T'Challa. T'Challa has a very, very kind heart. I think he has a pure heart, and he just wants to do well. And he wants to serve his country and serve it well. He wants to do right by his father. He wants to do right by his ancestors. He wants to do right by the history and traditions of Wakanda, but he also has to understand that Wakanda has to go in a different direction as there are many people in the world who need resources, who needs help. And that's what Eric is trying to push. There are so many people around the world who are impoverished, um, who are living in poverty because there 
are a lack of resources for them. And so Eric is like, yo, bruh, we need to get these resources to people. Um, and Eric, of course, attacks the throne to be able to make that happen, which like I said, I don't necessarily agree with, but I, I get his point. And so T'Challa has to wrestle with the fact that he has to learn who his father really is. Um, I'm not going to give it all away, but he has to understand who his father is. He has to wrestle with um, the bones and the skeletons of the remains of the ancestors and what the elders have sacrificed and the lies that they've had to keep. And so he has to wrestle with some of that. If he's going to change Wakanda for the better, he's got to wrestle with the kingship, the kingdom that he's inherited. And he has to wrestle and understand and define what kind of king does he want to be. And so I challenge us when we're um, put in these positions, what kind of people do we want to be? What kind of change do we want to make? And so Nakia has the ear of T'Challa to kind of speak to him to say, we need to be doing something different. And, um, you know, shout out to the elders, shout out to the ancestors. They're always with us. They're always speaking a truth to us. But we also kind of need to understand um, they, they didn't do everything right. They got us here and they did the best things that they could. Um, and we should appreciate them and honor them for what they were able to do, but not be stuck on all of, all of what they did do. Um, because everything that our ancestors did was not perfect. Um, case in point, you know, being in Memphis, I thought about the narrative that we talk about with MLK. Um, but yet we don't necessarily discuss the fact that MLK had extramarital affairs. Like, that damages the narrative. And so we don't talk about that. We don't talk about certain problems that they had as men. But yet we deify King in some super way. Like, he's the second coming of Jesus and he wasn't. You know, he was a man that God has called to do the work for the people. And he was assassinated. So it's just like understanding that there are certain things that we craft to be the narrative and the narrative that is presented isn't always the entire truth. It's not the whole truth. It's a truth, but it's not the whole truth. And so um, I just wanted to share some of those thoughts and I'm interested in hearing your thoughts and some of the things that y'all want to talk about. And so um, go ahead, join that Facebook discussion group. As always, I'm always 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 looking forward um to hearing what you all have to say so shoot me a line uh, drop me an email at portionality at gmail.com stop by the website and just tell me what you're also thinking and i also just want to mention too that just two pearls is going to be having an in-depth conversation on black panther um and i really really hope that you all will check out that episode when it drops with jamie and i as we talk about black panther and all of its gloriness and I'm really, really excited to have that conversation with her. And so if you have not followed Just Two Pearls, follow us at Just Two Pearls. Um, we're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. Go to JustTwoPearls.com. We're on SoundCloud. We are on um, iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Just like um, this podcast, I'm on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. I'm on Google Play. I'm on SoundCloud. And so I'm just working it out out here, guys. Um, so support. Let us know what you're interested in. Let us know what you want to talk about. And that's for portionality and for just two pearls. You know, just shoot a line. you like, hey, I want to hear about this. 
Um, and be specific. So if you say portionality podcast, this is what I want to hear for portionality. This is what I hear for just two pearls. Um, and so just two pearls, you can reach out to us directly at, for our email is adventures at just two pearls.com. And we will love to hear from you as we also will engage that conversation. And as always, peace, love, light, and namaste to you all. I look forward to talking to y'all real, real soon for my next episode, which is going to drop really, really soon with a super duper special guest. So look forward to talking to y'all. Thanks so much for joining me on another episode of Portionality Podcast. Can't wait to hear from you when you email me directly at portionality at gmail.com with your topics and with your listener questions. You can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at Portionality. And as always, peace, light, and love, and namaste to you.